indescribable. Your creator has no limits. How many that think, no, that's a good thing to get in your heart, that our, our creator has no limits. You know, you, I love that saying, but God. Whatever somebody says, you could always say, yeah, but God. God could, could handle this. So they're going to premiere this. If you go to the next slide, uh, that's their monthly theme. Uh, this morning's service will premiere online at 7 o'clock tonight. So grab your grandkids, your kids, tell the neighbor's kids, log into the website on Facebook and uh, have them watch it. Amen. So I think that's about all the announcements we have. Um, anyone having a birthday between now and next Sunday? Raise your hand. I just want to tell you happy birthday. Now and next Sunday. We're already in August, just in case you didn't realize that. Uh, uh, seems like we, we just started this COVID thing in March, and we're already in August right now. Right? I, I joked with my mom the other day. I said, you know, I, I remember in March they said, okay, 14 days we're shutting down, and now we're uh, six months away uh, in it. So, But anyone having a birthday? All right. What about anniversary between now and next Sunday? You have an anniversary? How many years? Ten years. Happy anniversary to Megan and Joe. All right. Anyone else? Those of you at home that's having a birthday or uh, anniversary, we want to wish you happy birthday and anniversary. Uh, next, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to pick up our tithes and offerings. Uh, just so you know how to give, uh, I'll explain for those that are here right now, but those watching online, you could still give and help support this ministry. You could go to welcomethecfc.com and give online from there, or you could go to uh, mail it in at post office box 1427 La Rose, Louisiana, 70373. Or during phase two, the financial secretary is here on Mondays from 9 to 2. You could drop it off uh, that time. Or if you see me here throughout the week, you could drop it off and we'll get it picked up for you. Amen. So uh, those of you that are here that's been coming, what we do is... <coughs> We're going to have this basket in the front, which some already have put theirs, which is perfectly fine. But uh, we're going to have this side of the church come up first, coming up the side aisle, dropping off your offering, and then going down the center aisle uh, back to your seats and trying to stay six feet apart. Then once this side's finished, we'll have this side come up the side aisle, place it here, and go down the uh, center aisle, then back to your seats in the side aisle. So uh, that, that's how we'll do that. that. And that's basically how we're going to do communion at the end of service this morning. So uh, if you would, I, I just want to read a few verses of scripture this morning. Deuteronomy 8.18 says this, But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so uh, he confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. And Psalm 77, 11 says this, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I remember your miracles of long ago. So if you have your offering, hold it in your right hand and repeat after me this morning. Say, as I give in today's offering, I remember your promises to me because you are the God of miracles and the God of provisions. I remember today that you are the reason I am blessed. You have given me the strength to work, to start my business, to finish my schooling, and invest, in, and invest my resources. You are the reason for all my blessings. 
Amen. And when I was reading that, finishing my schooling, I just want to say congratulations. Kevin Bankston, he's over 50, right? No. <laughs> I know we're around the same age. <laughs> you're going to be 50. Okay, well, you're an overachiever. <laughs> Kevin just graduated from RN school. He's a registered nurse. That, so let's give him... It's never too late. Amen. It's never too late to start. So, amen. So, Rachel's struggling. She's saying, I don't know how I'm going to be able to spend all his checks now, you know, as a registered nurse. So, y'all pray for her so she could think of a way. (laughs) Amen. So, amen. Let's stand to our feet. And what we're going to do, we're going to have this side of the church come first. Come on down and drop off your offering. Remember, try to stay six feet apart. As you do that, they'll play some music in the background. Come on, friend, he's here. Oh, come on. Come on, lift hands, lift voices to it. Oh, we declare this over the nation. All right. Now, this side of the church, if you come up, you decide out, bring your offering, and then you go back down the side. Covering the sea, I see the millions coming to salvation. I see revival, fire in the land. I see the lost, nameless ones remembered. I hear the widow shouting out your praise. I see the parentless loved and celebrated, orphans fulfilling, Lord. The calling on the lives we say, do it, Lord, do it, Lord, do it, Lord, we are praying, do it, Lord, do it, that's your glory, maybe. Stand to our feet as we uh, get ready to worship this morning. Amen. How many believe in God to do a miracle this morning in your life? Amen. Amen. Let's just read our call to worship from August 2020. This is the NIV. It's, uh, it's Psalms 84, verses 10 through 12. It says, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. Can I tell you, five seconds in the presence of God is better than five hours out of his presence. Amen. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. He says, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Father, we just come to you this morning, Father, as we turn this entire service over to you. I invite your presence in this place, Father God, that your anointing would flow in this place and touch lives and change lives this morning. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise as we worship. 
give God praise this morning. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. When darkness tries to roll over my bones. Sorrow comes to steal the joy I own. And brokenness and pain is all I know. I won't be shaken. I won't be shaken. Come on, sing it with me. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I'm standing your doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Shame no longer has a place to hide. I am not.
Father, inhabit our praises this morning. Father, we need a touch from you this morning. We praise you, Jesus. Just call out to God this morning. Father, let your glory fall in this house this morning as we worship you. Let the wind of your spirit blow through this church, Father, as we praise you. Give you the worship that you deserve, Lord. Just every breath in here, just begin to worship and praise Him. It's why we were created. Just begin to worship. We praise you, Jesus. Just join me right now. And just begin to speak your praises to God. We worship you, Lord. worthy, Jesus. Father, you are worthy. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus.
worship you, Jesus. We can never praise him enough. Just raise your hands to him and give him all your praise this morning. Worship you, Jesus. surrender everything to him this morning. We surrender all to you this morning, Father. Surrender all, I surrender all, oh. 
everything and nothing less or is that what you desire of us you don't want a part of us you want all of us Father I just pray right now for everyone in this uh, congregation everyone watching online Father I just pray for refreshing in our spirit today Father God, I pray for a great awakening in this in the United States. Father God, I pray, Father God, for the spiritual blinders to be taken off, that people can see the things in the spirit, Father God, as we know the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers, Father God. So Father, we just pray for revival to break out across this land, Father God, that hundreds and thousands and millions would come to know you as, a, as their personal Savior, Father. We pray right now for spiritual awakening. We pray for chains to be broken off of people's lives right now, Father God. We pray for divine help right now, Father God. Protection of every believer from this COVID virus right now, Father God. Father, we turn this nation over to you, Father. We surrender our nation into your hands, Father God. Your will done in this land. Your will be done in our lives. Your will be done in this nation. But we give you everything, Father, and nothing less. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray and everyone says amen. Let's put our hands together and thank the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. You could be seated for a moment. We want to go ahead and dismiss our kids three, four, and five and while they're walking out, I'm going to tie my shoestring so I don't trip. Amen. I know Larry might want to see me fall. My good friend, y'all know my good friend Larry? How you doing, Larry? <laughs> amen, amen. Hey, amen. If you get your notes out and your Bibles and your cell phones, if you that's how you follow along also. Uh, amen. I want to thank Brother Kevin and all for doing a fantastic job this morning. Amen. Just to let you know, we got two keyboardists out of town. They're not sick, so nobody's sick, but they, they weren't there this morning. So 
Uh, amen. They've done a good job. Amen. Always love the worshiping the Lord, right? Don't you just feel so much? How many of you would say you feel better after you worship the Lord? Can I, then can I ask you this? Why don't we do it more often? Don't just do it on Sunday mornings. Do that at your home too. Amen. Amen. So uh, this morning I just want to share with you a message entitled, My World, My Heart. My World or My Heart. And uh, it kind of goes along with that last song we just uh, worshipped to. Um, if you would take your notes, you can flip them over. I'm going to read actually from Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42 first. I didn't put it in that order on your page because I didn't want to have to put those scriptures twice. But this week as I was preparing for this Sunday morning, I was thinking about speaking on the death of Lazarus and his sister Mary and Martha, how they approached Jesus and different things. And then I uh, said, well, I wanted to go back a few chapters and think about and read back up on when Mary and Martha met Jesus for the first time. And that's where this message came from in that part. So what I was originally planning on speaking on is not being spoken on today. And God gave me a, a message uh, on this other things here. So you may be thinking, what do you mean my world and my heart? And so we're just going to read through this quickly and not get into much detail right now. But when we come back to it, I'm going to break it down a lot. Okay, so this is what we see. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha did what? What did she do? She opened her home. Okay, and that's where I got my world from. The home that, you know, it's, it, she was inviting him to be part of what they had going on in, the, in their world. But then it goes on to say this. He says, uh, Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And he came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? My sister has left me to do all the work myself. Tell her to help me. And Jesus replies to her, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen the better, and, it's not, and it will not be taken away from her. And as I was looking at this, I, I began contrasting Mary and Martha, who were sisters of Lazarus, okay? This is not Mary, uh, Jesus' mother. These are, are uh, two sisters, Martha and Mary, with the brother Lazarus that later on, which I might do next, next uh, communion Sunday, uh, gets sick and dies, and then Jesus resurrects him from the dead and things like that. That's where I was originally going with this message this morning. But God had brought me back to this as I started reading when they first met, met him, how two things happened. Mary sat at Jesus' feet, and Martha was a busybody, you know, and, and I know most of you that have been in church a while have heard this message in some way or another. And hopefully we'll bring some new things out on this uh, today. But what, what I see is that Martha invited Jesus to be a part of her world. When it says that he invited her into 
her home, opened her home. In other words, come make the veille. Come on over, come get some coffee, be a part of it. But you know what? Jesus wasn't the center of her attention. You hear, you hear me? Mary put down everything else and was at Jesus' feet. So you see, this is where I want us to talk about today. Has, have you just invited Jesus into your world to be a part of it? Or have you invited him in, to be in your heart, to be the center of your world and your, the attention you have? So let's begin in prayer as we get started this morning. Father, I just come to you today. And Father, as we get ready to study your word, I pray right now, Father God, that every blind eye be opened, Father God. Every heart be softened to receive your word this morning. Touch our minds that we could comprehend your word, Father God. Open our ears that we could hear the spiritual truth of your word this morning, Father God. And Father, I pray as Paul did for the Ephesian church, that you'd give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know you better. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone says, Amen. So you can flip your notes back over and we're going to go... over some explanation here of these scriptures. And again, I was just introducing you that way that we're going to get to. But here we find Matthew 22, verse 36 through 39. And what's going on here is the Pharisees and Sadducees had arguments. They were trying to argue about what was the greatest commandment. So they sent an actual guy who was uh, really versed in the in the law. He knew what he was talking about, but he went to Jesus and said, what's the greatest commandment? We're going to see what you have to say. Well, you know, the Pharisees believe this, the Sadducees believe this. Let's find out what this guy believes. So they sent him over there. Notice what Jesus says. <coughs> Teacher, which is the greatest? So circle the word greatest. Greatest commandment of the law. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with what? Circle that word all. Not part of. Everything and nothing less. Remember? As the song was saying. Give God all your heart. Love the Lord God with all your heart and with. Was that next word? All. Circle that again. Your soul and with all your mind. So you circle those three words. All. Every part of you. Now, what Jesus was quoting was actually from Deuteronomy 6.5. So if you want to just make a note of that, you could go back and look. That was the command. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Then, then Jesus says this. This is the first and greatest commandment. Okay, so he establishes. And how many of you know that God is a God of order? There are, there are ways we have to operate in, the, in uh, God's kingdom. And again, the first and greatest Jesus is saying the very first and the greatest. In other words, the most important thing in your life ever that nothing can come before is loving the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Now, we could see this displayed in the Garden of Eden, which I always talk about, that when God created Adam, he created Adam first before he created Eve, and God established a relationship with Adam before he created Eve, right? Right, okay? So God was establishing a principle and a priority that Adam, human beings, your most important relationship you will ever have is your relationship with the Lord. 
Okay? And Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? To love the Lord God with all, every single part of you. And I always, and I always mention this, that I always notice that Adam never asked God for Eve. Now, Eve was a great addition to his life. But how many of you know that the reason he didn't ask, which I believe, is that Adam was completely satisfied in life with his relationship with God. God is the only one that can fully satisfy every need in your life. Your spouse will never replace God. Your spouse will never give you what only God can give you. So when you begin turning your eyes from God to someone else or something else to meet a need that only God can fill, you'll fall short. So he says, he says that, that, that that's the first and greatest. And so he's talking about you know, the first and most important thing in your life is your relationship to God. Nothing, abandon, nothing else. Those of you watching online that need a translator, I'm sorry. <laughs> but then Jesus says this. That that was the first and greatest. But verse 39, he says, the second. Now, notice he doesn't say the first. He already laid down the principles of the first. But he says, the, the, uh, go to verse 39 there, uh, Matthew. The second is like it, is similar to it. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. He says, it's second and it's kind of like the first one. But it's not. And it can never take the place of the first one. Notice he says this is the second one. Not the first one. And if we ever mix those two up in our life, you're missing what God has for you. So if you look at it, the first and greatest one, and again, the second one that's love your neighbor as yourself, Jesus was quoting from Leviticus 19.18, if you want to uh, write that down. And we do believe that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. This isn't choosing one or the other. They coexist, but they can never be out of order. Both of them need to exist in your life, but you got to be careful that you don't get it out of order. Okay, our church motto is serving God by serving people, right? Because what can we really do for God besides worship and, and things like that? But what, what you're going to do, you're going to build, paint him a picture, and he's going to be impressed? No, God gave us the, the great commandments and the great commission. If you want to make God happy, it's sharing the gospel with others. That's what he ordained you to be, do. That's what he's, it says that he's given us the... Uh, oh, my mind just went blank. <laughs> he has commissioned us about recon, to reconcile others to him. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation uh, to others, okay? So when we, we understand that, that that's what we are to do, but we never need to get these two um, things mixed up. So the most important part in your life is your relationship to God, and then comes your relationship to others. God and Adam, then God said, here's Eve. So most importantly is our relationship to him, then comes our relationship to others. 
And if we're not careful, we could get our zeal to serve others will become more important or take precedent over our life if we're not careful than our zeal to love God. God becomes a part of our world. He's in our world like Jesus, Mary, uh, Martha invited him into the house. See, what we're going to look at this morning is Martha invited Jesus to be in her house, but Mary invited him into her heart. There's a big difference. And we're going to look at what they, how they reacted in this situation. So we need to understand that our, our relationship to God and our relationship to others is, is different. And, and again, our zeal to serve others. Let me preach to this side of the church a little while. I know I always preach to that side. And I always try to tell myself, I need to make my way this way. <laughs> but no, I'm not going to say I was going to make a joke that these are all saved. No. <laughs> So we, we need to understand that when you, when you talk about serving others, it comes with your natural abilities, right? You know, your different talents. But again, as, as we looked earlier, who gave you those talents and abilities? God. God's the only one that gives you that you didn't decide if you were going to be born physically coordinated or not. Right? You're about as coordinated as God made you. So you're made and designed for a specific purpose. So if you, God didn't make you extremely coordinated, you're probably not supposed to be in the NBA. But God has a plan for each and every one of us, and we have to be sure and watch that, the, that our service, and we, we need to serve. Again, it's not separated, but that our service, because how many of you know a lot of times when you help people, you get pleasure out of it? It, it, it feels good. It, it fit, there's nothing like going to the mission field and helping in missions and doing things, doing outreaches and things like, like that. It just feels so good to share the love of God with other people. And we are commanded to do that. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's a command. It's not a suggestion. Again, what I'm talking about here this morning is not that one has to exist and not the other. They both have to exist. We just can't get them Mixed up. Let, let, let's go to another place here quickly. First Samuel sixteen seven. This is when Samuel was going to anoint a king. And he's looking at all David's brothers. You know, David's physical abilities wasn't impressive at all. His natural abilities... You know, they're thinking, we need a king that's going to be able to go to battle. So we need a muscle man, someone who has talents and abilities for fighting and all these things to help serve our people and take our people. And Samuel goes, and they didn't even invite David to pass before Samuel. They brought all David's brothers and they said, told David, just stay, watch the sheep over there. Stay out of the way because we, we know it's not you. Samuel said, do not, uh, but the Lord told Samuel, do not consider, he was talking of David's brother, do not consider his what? His appearance, the way he looks, or his height. In other words, kind of wrapping around his talents and his abilities, his, his, his readiness for battle, because that's not important to God. He says, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward abilities, the outward talents. 
But the Lord looks at the heart. It's the heart. Where is your heart? And that's what we're going to talk about in Martha and Mary. One was given her talents and abilities, getting things ready, but Mary was given Jesus her heart. Now let's look at another place here. In Revelations, this is to the church of Ephesus. And I want you to realize when this is the revelation of Jesus Christ to the church of Ephesus where we're talking about here. If you read in, in Ephesians... When Paul's talking to the church of Ephesus, you'll, always, you'll notice these things. He was always commending them and thanking them for their service and their faithfulness to Jesus Christ. Now, when the Re- Revelation was written, you've got to realize that the, the generation that Paul had written to in Ephesians have passed. And this is to a new generation of people. And notice what it says, Revelations 2, uh, 2 1 through 5. Then the angel of the church... Uh, to the angel of the church in Ephesus write can I take a second here that word angel means messenger but I want you to understand uh, sometimes I because I, I always see this on Facebook and I I, I, I I want you to understand what an angel is and is not okay this an angel is a created being from God He created the human race, which we are, but he created angelic beings. And when your loved one passes away, they do do not become an angel. That's a totally different being. Okay? Jesus says you'll be known like he is. We're going to get some kind of different body that won't won't die when he returns. But your, your loved ones do not go and... You, you hear that thing, oh, they gained their wings. That is unbiblical, unscriptural. And, and that's it. I just want to share that with you right now. Don't get caught up in that. You, uh, uh, an angel has different things. They minister to God's people. But it's not a human that, goes, that passes away and you become an angel. That, that's unscriptural. Okay? What you need to understand is angels are created beings that God created. Okay? That, and I just threw that in there. But uh, I just, when you see that constantly all over the place, I think we need to bring correction in false beliefs that people have. All right? So it says, To the angel of the church of Ephesus, write this. These are the words to him who holds the seven stars in his right hand. And these are the words of Jesus speaking. uh, (coughs) And walks among the seven golden lampstands. Now what we're talking about here is relationship to God, and serving others, okay? That serving others to never surpass your love for God. Your zeal for serving others should never surpass your zeal for loving God. And he says this, I know, verse 2, I know your what? Deeds. And when, when you start reading this list here, what he's talking about, your deeds, what you have done with your hands. In other words, what Jesus was second, uh, saying is second, love your neighbor as yourself. What you do for others, how you serve your community, how you serve in your church, how you do all these things. He says, he's, he's applauding them for this. He says, I know your deeds. I know your hard work. 
I know your perseverance. He's, again, he's talking about that you've, you've hung on and worked so hard when all oppositions comes. He says, I know you cannot tolerate wicked people. Again, so not only have y'all worked, not only have you been doing things for others, you, you have stuck to sound doctrine. When evil, wicked people come, you have straightened them out. You, you hold on to that uh, uh, stern doctrine. He says, sound doctrine. He says that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not. In other words, you didn't just take because some person decided to put a title before their name on their business card who claim self-appointed. He says, you've tested those people. How? By sound doctrine and those things. And he says, have proven that uh, I found them false. Verse 3 says, you have persevered and have endured, endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. So we see so much in that second command that Jesus was talking about, loving your neighbor as yourself, doing great things, doing all kind of things and, and things, holding to sound doctrine. But then he stops and he says, but I have something against you. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. In other words, the zeal you once had for your relationship with God has kind of faded. Your zeal for serving and service and all these things have not faded. But you're missing the most important commandment. Somehow, your, your, your love for service supersedes your love for God. You're more worried about service than His presence. It says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your love at first. In other words, the second commandment, the second of these commandments in your life has superseded the first one. You're more about serving than you are about presence. And he says this, consider how far you have fallen. And he says, you need to repent and do the things you did at first. And if you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. So do we see how the church in Ephesus moved? It was everything except the love for God had disappeared. And if we're not careful, we could switch. Again, don't take this wrong. They are both to be present in your life. It's a command from God to love your neighbor as yourself, to serve and help them. But he says, never let that supersede your love and relationship for the Father. So now that we laid this foundation down, let's go quickly to, back to Luke with Mary and Martha. <coughs> Verse 38 again. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha did what? Opened her home to him. So circle opened her home to him. In other words, she let him be part of her world, but he wasn't the center of her world. He was part, but he wasn't the main thing. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's 
feet listening to what he said. So this is what you need to understand. Mary opened her home or her, Martha opened her home and her our world to Jesus, but she had not opened her heart to him. He was important to her, but not the most important thing. And then notice what he goes on to say. Uh, verse 40. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Uh, she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, indeed only one. And Mary has chosen what is better, and it, it will not be taken away from her. So I just want to break this down a little bit more where we could begin to examine our lives and, and try to think, is Jesus just part of my world is he just a part of it? You know, like everything else? He's welcome in my world, but he's not number one. He's very important, but he's not the main thing. Or is he the main thing in your heart? And here's a way we could tell. Is number one, what is your priorities? What is your priorities in life? Jesus said, it always said that he woke up early in the morning and went to be with his father. See, Jesus' number one priority was in the presence of his father. What about us? And, and I'm not talking about time-wise. I'm not saying set your alarm clock for 3 a.m. I'm just talking about the first, if you wake up at noon, what do you do from noon to 1230? Is it spent doing other things, the cares of the world, or is it spent with your father? What, what is more, whatever is most important is what you're going to be focused on. Now, now let's, let, let's look at this. Martha, in verses 38 through 40, Martha was focused on the physical things that she could do. The preparation for the guests, the, the cooking of the meal, the serving of the meal. And again, let me, let, let's look at this uh, uh, thing, verse 40. Let's put it up there quickly. Martha was distracted by all the preparations. And notice what it says. That had to be done. These things had to be done. It's not like... Okay, don't go home, ladies, and tell your husband, Pastor Scott said, I don't got to clean the house. <laughs> Pastor Scott said, I don't got to cook. Jesus did not tell her those things did not need to be done. He was saying, but you have them out of order, of importance. So Martha was about the physical preparation. That was most important to her. She was loving her neighbors as herself, which we are commanded to do. But Mary was more concerned about being in the presence of Jesus. You see, preparation was Martha's heart. Presence was Mary's heart. So how can I tell if preparation, wanting to do those things uh, in my life are going on? Let, let's look... Uh, 
if preparation comes before presence in our life. Number one, I want you to look at is found in uh, verse 40. But Martha was what? Distracted. Circle that word distracted. Instead of focusing on Christ and, her, and Jesus who was there in person, she kept being distracted. It, she couldn't focus on him. She, Jesus is speaking. Mary's there listening to Jesus. But instead of her listening to Jesus, she was so worried about preparation that she couldn't hear Jesus because she was so distracted. Distracted with the things that needed to be done, but they didn't need to be done then because Jesus was speaking. Second thing is we become discouraged. Verse 40 again. Martha became distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to Jesus and asked, notice this, don't you care? See how discouraged she got? Lord, you don't even care? Does anybody care? Look all I'm doing. Do you care? Her focus was in the wrong place. And when my focus is on priority, on preparation rather than his presence, I become to be distracted. I I can't focus on the thing I need to focus on. And I become discouraged. Then notice, notice what it says next. Uh, don't you care? And then what happens? She says, that my sister has left me to do the work myself. She becomes angry. You become distracted and you become angry. You become discouraged. Lord, you don't care about me. And I'm mad at my sister because she's not doing what I think she should be doing. And in many other days, I'm sure her sister would have been helping her. But you see, Mary knew what was most important at the moment was the presence, not the preparation. You see, Martha worried over physical nourishment and physical preparations. But Mary was concerned about getting her soul fed. If we're not careful, we'll get those two mixed up. We'll get the things in our life, well, I got, I got this to-do list today. But we never put in, number one, is sitting at the feet of Jesus this morning. Every day before your TV comes on, I'll go, you grab your cup of coffee, okay? Because <laughs> you'll be nodding off. But you need to start your day in His presence before anything else. Start your day in His presence. Don't be distracted by all the preparation. Don't be distracted that I got a vacuum, I got to clean, I got what we're having for supper, I don't, I don't know all this. These things need to be done. 
but it should never come before His presence, your, your love for God. Notice what it says. Again, we're talking about Martha was consumed with preparation, but Mary was uh, consumed about the presence. And this is what Jesus tells her in verse 41. Martha, Martha, I know you're distracted. I know you're discouraged. And I know you're angry. But Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. There's some more things that you, if you know preparation, is you're worried and upset about many things. Sadly to say, they're all about the wrong things. He says, verse 42, few things are needed, or indeed only one. And what he's talking about there is what your sister Mary is doing, sitting at my feet, listening to the words that come out. Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone. What was Martha doing? Making bread. But by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. See, Mary was more worried about spiritual bread than physical bread. First Peter 2, 2 and 3 says this, but we need to be about in his presence. He says, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. He says that we are to be like newborn babies craving pure spiritual milk so that by it uh, you may grow up in your salvation, that you don't remain a child, an infant, that you grow up now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Like newborn babies crave milk. We should crave the presence of Jesus. How many of you know that a baby does not, a newborn does, that is craving milk, does not care what time of day it is? It doesn't care what you're doing. It doesn't care that mom and dad worked all day and trying to get uh, some sleep to go to work the next day. Two o'clock in the morning, it wants what it craves. Because that is the most important part in their life. Is that hunger. That craving. And we need to crave the presence of Jesus. More than anything else. That nothing else takes its place. And it says, it says this. Um, let's go to the next verse. Hebrews 12.2 That we need fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. And I was thinking where it says that Mary was at the feet of Jesus. Allie, I need you to come help me preach. Come up here. Now, I don't know if Jesus was standing or sitting. Again, sit up there. This is just for images. Jesus was a man. Don't worry about that. Okay. <laughs> Mary was a woman. But I'm not, okay? We know all that. I may look like a pregnant woman, but I'm not, okay? But it says that Mary was at the feet of Jesus, listening to his words. Martha was further away, distracted by many things, worried about many things. 
but Mary was in peace. See, distracted because she was far away. And I want you to understand, as she was there focusing on Jesus, everything else in the world did not matter anymore. Because she didn't see it anymore. It was, she could not be, she was so close to Jesus that whatever was going on, the turmoil back there never could distract her because he was taking up her complete vision. You see, the closer you are to something, the more it consumes your vision. So when I get away from God and I get those two commands backwards, I'm so focused on preparation that I miss him. Martha was so worried. Thank you, Bev. I'm not going to make you stay too long. What a beautiful granddaughter, right? So Jesus has Mary at his feet. And everything else in the world could not distract her. Because he was consuming her vision. All the worries, all the cares, still had to be done. But Mary was the one that found peace in his presence. See, Jesus was there. One was stressed, one was discouraged, one was angry. One was in perfect peace. The one who was in perfect peace was there at Jesus' feet in his presence. Philippians 4, 4 and 9 says this. Rejoice always. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice in the Lord, in his presence. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is what? Near. Can I tell you something? The Lord is always near. We're the ones that get distracted and walk away from Him. See, there was plenty of room for Martha to be right on the side of Mary at the feet of Jesus, being in His presence, experiencing that peace. But she chose not to. Not in a, in a bad way, and in an unknowing way. Because she put the service of others before her love for the Savior. It says, because the Lord is near, verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present to your, your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When I love the Lord with all my mind, soul, and heart, when He is the centerpiece in my life, when I invite Him into my heart and not just to be a part of my world, not just to be what I do on Sunday morning. See, God is more than just your Sunday morning and Wednesday evening experience. He, need, he wants to be center of every day, every second in your life. 
Verse 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. And he says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And if you put it into practice, the peace of God will be with you. So if you're stressed, it's time to get our eyes fixed back on Jesus. We're letting things that need to be done serpent take the place. Our zeal for this has kind of pushed God back. Oh, well, I, I just don't have time. Jesus was telling Mary, uh, Martha, if you only got time for one thing today, Martha, forget about the meal, forget about the housekeeping, get into my presence and listen to my words. That's what's most important. Not saying that though, that isn't important, but if you've got to make a choice between one or the other, you better be in his presence. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So as we get ready to receive communion this morning, you don't have to be a member of Christian Fellowship Church to receive communion. We do ask that you be a born-again believer as this represents the body and blood of Jesus Christ that he shed on that cross on Calvary for our forgiveness of our sins. And I'm going to lead you into a prayer asking Christ into your heart if you've never accepted him. You know, maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, maybe I've just invited God into my world to be a part of it, to be there, to be with the crowd and everything else. But I really never have in invited him into my heart to be the center of my life, to be the most important thing in my life. And I challenge you, starting today, tomorrow, wherever, when you wake up, since you're already up, I don't know if anybody fell asleep yet in here. I didn't see anybody. I didn't see nobody doing the bouchon. So uh, we're doing all right. Tomorrow, when you wake up, now, it, listen, if you, if you wake up and go straight to work, then wake up 10 minutes earlier. But you don't have to set an alarm clock. But say, you know what, God? I will give you first of every day. Love the Lord God. Before anything else happens today, I'm going to be in your presence. Before I turn on CNN, before I turn on Fox, I'm going to get in your word. I'm going I'm to focus on you. I'm going to pray to you before the cares of the world. See, when I get that mixed up, then I'm stressed. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Cramon uh, Seinfeld one time, he said, oh, I'm stressed, baby. <laughs> and that's what it reminds me of, and that's how we live our life. Why? Because we're distracted. We're too far away from Christ, and we're distracted by everything that's going on in the world. We need to be like Mary and come up to his feet and be in his presence. So as we get ready for communion, what we're going to do is we're going to have this little aisle, that small aisle come up the things to get your communion. We ask if you're a family, uh, just one person come up and get communion for everyone. And uh, we'll do that. Then once you're back seated, again, up the side aisles, down the middle, and back to your seat. Stay six feet apart. Once they're done, I'll invite the next two middle sections to come up and get it. And then you go back, okay? Up. And down. So let's just uh, 
go to the Lord in prayer before we do this. Again, if you've never accepted the Lord as your personal Savior, I want to give you that opportunity right now. If everyone would just stand to your feet right now. Father, I just come to you today. Actually, I want to just repeat this this morning. Father, I come to you today, and I admit that I may not have had you first in my life, but today, I want to put you there, on your throne, where you belong. I admit that I fall short in many areas of my life, but I believe that you love me so much that you sent your son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. I invite Christ to come into my heart to be Lord of my life and Savior of my soul. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says amen. As Brother Darren starts some music softly, we'll wax this side aisle. Come on up and come get your communion supplies and uh, this side aisle to come on up there. Remember, go back Lord, down to the center house. Make the loop. So far from heaven's throne, Lord, clothed in human form, you showed to us the Father's love. All right, we'll start this, this uh, main thing. Come on up. This main one, come on up. You gave, you gave your life away. You gave, you gave your life away for me. Your grace has broken every chain. My sins are gone, my debts been paid. You gave, you gave your life away. Matthew chapter 26 this month. It says this, when the evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. And when I'm thinking about this, how Judas, we all know, is Judas that betrays him. I always wonder how did Judas start? 
Did Judas surrender his whole life to Jesus as first his heart and then become distracted by ministry and everything else? You know, I always say that Jesus, uh, Judas was actually the treasurer of the twelve. And how many of you know when you're going to trust someone with the finances, it's someone everyone trusts? You know, when they said, who, who are we going to vote on to be the treasurer of, these, of us 12 here uh, uh, for the church of God? Judas was chosen. Then later on it says that Judas began to help himself to the offerings. And I'm sure he was justifying his reasons, although they were wrong. You see... I think Judas probably started out right, but everything that went on kind of switched from Jesus being number one to not number one because the cares of the world. He was trying to get more finances. He was trying to get all these things. And this is what I want us to focus on this morning. Has Christ stayed? You know, we we accepted the Lord as our personal Savior, but is he still the most important thing in our life? It goes on to say, verse 22, that they were very sad and began to say uh, to him one after another, surely you don't mean me, Lord. And I think that's important for us to see that all the disciples went up to Jesus and said, it's not me. Tell me it's not me. And I think that's a good sign that we need to realize that we have to check our hearts. That we have to say, Lord, are you still the most important thing in my life? Or have I let other things become more important than your presence in my life? Jesus replied in verse 23, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man must go as it is written about him, but woe to the man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him not to have been born. And I think about that scripture we read earlier. That when we allow other things to take place. In the book of Revelation, remember? I know your deeds. I know all these great things. But you've lost your first love. How far you have strayed. You need to now repent of that stray. And that makes me think about that, that we need to ask God, you know, forgive us if we've allowed other things to come before you. Then Judas, verse 25, then Judas, the one who would betray him, also said, surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. This reminds me that if you're not careful, you can end up lying to yourself. You could not want to believe the own truth that's inside of you. You see, Judas had already planned on betraying him. He already set up the meeting that was going to happen. But he didn't want to accept the truth. Surely you don't mean me. 
I could never do something like that. But it was already planned. And that's why we have to be honest with ourselves and really face the truth in our life. Is God first? Have I put importance of spending time in His presence every day a top priority in my life? The first priority in my life. Jesus answered him, you have said so. Uh, Verse 26, while they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take this and eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for uh, many from for the forgiveness of sins, I tell you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now until the day when it, I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. So Jesus, as that song was just playing, gave his whole life away for you. Jesus held nothing back. Can I dare to say that Jesus put you first over his own needs? See, he served us. Again, don't get me wrong on this. We, we do serve others. That's what we are supposed to do. But we have to make sure it doesn't replace our relationship with the Heavenly Father. Because nobody in this world died for you. Only Christ. So at this time, we're acting. You just peel off the top uh, film if you haven't already, and you can give you access to the wafer and then the second thing will be the juice and I'm, I'm telling you try not to spill it because I'm, I'm the worst at this amen amen so at this time if you want you could go ahead and receive the emblems let's bow our head Father I thank you For each and every one that's here today, I thank you for your word today. I just pray that you keep this word alive in our hearts, Father God, by your spirit. We thank you that you loved us so much that you gave your son to die on the cross for each and every one of us. And Father, help us to keep you first place in our life, Father God that you remain on the throne in our lives, that we don't just invite you to be a part of our world, but that you are our world, that you are our reason for existence. It's to love you first and share your love with others. But never let us get those two mixed up. Help us keep you there, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. We're going to be having a baby dedication in a couple of minutes. So as we dismiss you, uh, just once you see us start the baby dedication, please hold your voices down as you make your way out. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning.